Dwayne Kylo, if you could pick one thing from pre-pandemic, what would it be? I was going to say something selfish, like the vacation that our family was supposed to take to Florida in April. And we had this big, massive trip. We were going to do Disneyland and the Keys and the jungle and everything. But after hearing Matt and Jason with their, you know, music and church, which are these lofty, everybody can enjoy them. I'm feeling a bit guilty about <laughs> oh, yeah. no way, my pick now. Well, you could say this, uh, Disney being open, so you can go whenever you want to go or something like that. Because me, it would be Hawaii. That's one thing that I would love. I would love to be able to just, you know, be able to go to Hawaii on a whim like I used to do. One of my favorite things to do is sort of be like, it's going to be cold this weekend. Guess where we're going? Yeah. You know? We did a family trip there a couple of years ago. We quite liked Hawaii. We'll yeah, go back there someday. Spontaneity, right? Maybe maybe it's spontaneity. Maybe that would be one thing that, um, maybe that'd be it. Anyway, okay, let's get into our technological world. Blaine Kylo, uh, he's the world's uh, coolest dad because he's got all the gadgets and he lets all the kids have all the gadgets 24 hours a day, no limits. Coolest dad <laughs> ever. <laughs> so not They wish. Right? Daddy gets to play with his tablet later at night. How come I don't? conversation you've probably had in your house more than once yeah they know better actually <laughs> oh good stuff you don't get to go to florida kid if you don't put down your tablet it's a good deal all right um google in the courts tell us what's going on with google in the courts playing kylo yeah they're not in the courts yet but that's where they're going um yesterday the u.s department of justice decided to file an antitrust lawsuit against the company um, and, you know, keep in mind that while Google right now is this huge international company, it's actually owned by Alphabet, which is a bigger umbrella that owns a whole bunch of other things. Google started off with this simple search engine concept, and that's kind of what gave birth to the behemoth that it is today. And that's where the Department of Justice antitrust lawsuit kind of begins and ends. There's been a lot of talk and a lot of hand-wringing in the U.S. and, well, around the world, actually, for the past few months, maybe even as long as a year, that there is a little too much power in the under in the control of these so, sort of the big four, Google, Amazon, Apple, and, whoa, the, oh, Facebook is the fourth one that I was thinking of. And, and I think that this is the first step in the U.S. government trying to reconcile how they can get the tech companies under control. Um, there are strong echoes of the Microsoft antitrust case from the late 90s. That mm -hmm. whole thing started in 1998. Those big. of us who are old enough to remember such things. And, and that was all around Internet Explorer. And the big complaint then was Microsoft is leveraging its... Um, the fact that its Windows operating system was being pre-installed on like every PC being released that wasn't a Mac to force everybody to use its web browser, Internet Explorer. And so that's what the Department of Justice said against Microsoft was, hey, you're, you've, you've got a monopoly on the web browser because you're forcing everybody to use yours because it's built into the operating system. And so 
Netscape Navigator and a whole bunch of these other browser apps just weren't able to compete with that. So that swirled around for about three years and ended up settling without much impact to Microsoft. You know, they ultimately said, yes, Microsoft, you're not trading fairly. You have to fix that. But by the time the dust settled and Microsoft settled the lawsuit, does anybody remember that there was even a lawsuit? No. I suspect that that might be what happens here. Yeah, Bill Gates but it's the US. That was the only real impact, right? He had a Well, no, he was going to he was going to step down anyway. I think that maybe that was something that he did because he didn't want to have to go through any of that again. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Um, so but who that, knows to your where point, this is I don't remember land. what came out of it other than Bill Gates stepping down, right? Like I don't nobody remembers what came out of it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I, I, he was. I think he was making that decision to go anyway because he had been yeah. around long enough, and he certainly made all his money by that point. A couple of bucks, anyway. Well, what happens with Google? We don't know. Um, I think it's interesting that they've chosen to focus so very specifically, and it's not even search on other devices. They're talking about search on computers through search engines on the internet. So there's lots of other things that they could have gotten into around um, selling advertising against things, but then you're pulling Facebook into the equation. Because if you're talking about advertising in the online space, Facebook is arguably more of a monopolistic entity than Google is. So the fact that they, the DOJ is focusing only on search and search advertising and Google's um, using its monopolistic position there because they've got like 92% of the search engine traffic is mm. belongs to Google. Google's response to that is, you know what? People use Google because they like it and because we're better. And here's how easy it is for people to use all of these other search engines. And their response in a public blog post literally provided screenshots of all the ways that it's easy to, if you want to use Bing, here's how you do it. If you want to use DuckDuckGo, here's how you do it. So a pretty interesting response from Google, um, kind of flummoxed that the DOJ thinks that they're a monopoly uh, and that nobody else can use other search engines given that they're so easy to find. It's a lot of money on the line. Um, Apple has stepped into more health stuff. I would like to say Canadian healthcare doesn't need it, but the reality is with all the hacks that have gone on there, it's possible that they do. What is the new dance, the new tango between Canadian healthcare organizations and Apple? It, it has to do with the medical records that ultimately belong to you because they're, it's information about you. Um, health records is an app on the iPhone that enables institutions to share medical records with you. And it's something that has been used by a lot of the different um, agencies in the US. And there are now three healthcare institutions in Canada, um, Women's College in Toronto, St. Joseph's Healthcare in Hamilton, Mackenzie Health in Richmond Hill, all of them in Ontario. They've now adopted health records as a way of sharing people's medical information with them. And Apple says that more Canadian medical facilities are going to begin offering this service. The, the app is designed to maintain privacy at all times. And even though the medical records are sent to your smartphone, to your iPhone and stored there, it's all encrypted. Apple doesn't see any of it. And presumably it's all um, really safe and private. And what it means is it gives you access to your information. And that's actually something that I kind of like. 
Yeah, I would be curious to see what's on there. Um, that's for sure. Uh, okay, are we getting into video games? Is that where we're going next, Blaine Kylo? What's the plan here? No, I want to. I want to stick with the sort of smartphones and health for a second because okay. it's pretty clear around the world and certainly in Canada that we're hitting a second wave of COVID nineteen. And I want to remind people about Canada's COVID nineteen alert app. It's available for both Android and iOS, and I highly recommend if you haven't downloaded this and put it on your smartphone that you do so immediately. Um, almost all provinces are using this now. There are the two significant ones that aren't are Alberta and BC. Alberta has actually said, yes, okay, we'll start using it. They're going to be rolling it out anytime. BC was about to roll it out, and then they decided to call a provincial election and nothing can happen until that provincial election happens. And so I suspect that shortly after the election is resolved after this weekend in BC, that BC will also start participating. This is an app that maintains your anonymity and your privacy. It's very easy to use. Um, there's some really good explainers on how it does maintain your anonymity and privacy, so it's not something that you need to be concerned about, but it will help if you're ever in the vicinity of somebody who ends up being um, diagnosed with COVID-19. This app will help you know that and know what to do as a result of that. So if you haven't got it, go get it. All right. There you go. Now we can talk we video games. Thanks, buddy. We just mentioned that. I was like, because it was in a, it was in a news story earlier about the prime minister uh, reminding people, and I was like, it's great, got it. In Alberta, doesn't help. We'll see. See what happens. But it will. But it will. Hopefully and the, and the tr out. and the truth is, if 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 there's anybody from outside the province that you have actually come into contact with, you'll get notified if they end up being diagnosed. So even though Alberta isn't actually using it, and I'm in BC, BC's not using it right now, it doesn't mean that it's useless. You, it can still work if you're in contact with somebody who's also using it from another province, and they report that they've been diagnosed. And as soon as it does roll out in our provinces, because it's coming, we'll be there and ready to go. All right. Baldur's Gate 3. Tell us nope, about it. No, we're skipping that one. Skipping Baldur's Gate 3 for next time. Mario Kart in your house. Because we've got limited cool time. Event. We've got oh, limited well. time, and I really want kids to start crashing around their houses oh, with dear. Mario Kart racing. All right. Well, so Mario Kart, stuff. it's this Nintendo game, right? It's, it's kart racing, fun arcade-style racing on your console, on your Nintendo Switch. But Home Circuit brings it to real life. So it's actually a plastic car with either Mario or Luigi in it. And there's a little camera that sits above their head in this car. And the way you play it is you actually play it on your Switch, but the view that you get is a view from the camera looking over Mario or Luigi's head at the environment around you. And so this is an augmented reality game where you're actually racing the car through your house but you're looking at it on the screen and you're driving the course that you've designed in your home. Just don't it's, run in the hallway. It's crazy, man. Yeah. It, that sounds it, fun. It, so like, it's very, very real and kids are not sitting down clearly. Yeah. This is not, you know, RC cars that, you know, are 
dads or our grandpas used, right? This is a completely different remote control car experience. You design your own courses to race. Um, you can you can get up to four people all racing on the same track. The only problem with that is everybody's got to have their own switch and everybody's got to have their own racing car. So it's not like a real simple multiplayer thing. It means that you've got four switches and $430 race cars all together. But if you've got that, there is no better chaos than Mario Kart live home circuit in your living room. Kind of got an old school flair to it, doesn't it? You know, and the carts are really awesome. They're, they they look cool. They look like the kind of carts that you race. They're built solid. Um, I've crashed ours a couple of times, and the dog got a hold of it once, and it still works fine. Very cool. The dog got a hold of it. Oh, dear. <laughs> Thank you so much, Blaine Kylo and Technological World. Uh, Solocore, Solocore on Twitter, S-O-L-O-C-O-R-P-S, and Solocore.com to get the blog if you want to reference anything that we've talked about on the show. Thanks, Blainer. You're welcome. Hey, and remember, in two weeks, those new consoles arrive. We've got some gaming to talk about. We do have lots of gaming. Next week, same time, same place. With Blaine Kylo, I'm Shane Hewitt. It's The Shift.